Welcome to Grace Hour. You are listening to a word from the ministry of Pastor Elvis Ajiman. Today's message. I'm preaching on tight. The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 18 that when the battle became fierce and many people ran to the forest for safety, the Bible says on that day the forest killed more people than the sword killed. Where they ran for safety, where they thought that we are going for a hideout, a strategic place to enable us win the battle between Absalom and David. The Bible says that the forest tend to kill many people. And it was even one tree that killed Absalom. There are times that the things that God has planted to be a blessing, the enemy uses it as our devouring tool. But the devil is a liar. Our eyes are more open than the things. Some, listen, God is a God of principles. And it happens to me that the only evangelistic and enticing agent of Satan is money. Even when God came down, the Bible said, and he took God in the body of Jesus to a great mountain. And Lord, catch here, Jesus Christ said, to entice riches, money, dollars, pounds, flashy cars, luxurious houses. And he has realized that all human beings are looking for today is money. So how can I get the church to bow to me? The only way is for the church to lose their supply from heaven. Cut off their finances. Cut off financial blessings. And when they lack money, then I can entice them with money. And one of the things Satan has had with the church for about two years now is tight. Social media, wherever, tight. And you see one person called the name of Dr. Otabo, those businessmen. Why? Because they take tight. Call Pastor Adeboyi by any name. Why? Because they pay tight. And they have done documentary upon documentaries to convince the church of Titan. My problem is not whether the church stops Titan or not. My problem is why do you insult an anointed man for the sake of Titan? Why are you killing yourself over something that should have been a blessing? People will not die and will not be destroyed because they didn't pay tight. They will be destroyed because they attacked, insulted, and humiliated some consecrated men of God. Through this thing, misunderstand. David could see Saul and said, how can I touch the lost anointed? If you don't understand tight and if you don't want to understand it, leave it there. Don't attack pastors. And the Lord told me that explain tight to the body of Christ. Explain it and let them stop falling into pits because of this thing. You not paying tight or paying tight does not bother God. But what bothers God is the torment and attack that you are raining on his servants in this generation. The Bible says that they looked at Jesus and said, you are operating by Beelzebub. Jesus said, if you attack me, you are forgiven. If you attack the Father, you are forgiven. But if you attack the Holy Ghost, the anointing, if it is the Holy Ghost using me and you say it's Beelzebub, you are in trouble. And because of this thing, an innocent Christian who read an article and mistakenly believed is now insulting anointed men of God and anointed women of God because of this thing called tight. They are thieves. They are robbers. They are businessmen. They are not from God. They are not this. 
What if Papa Deboye is from God? How would you answer it? What if upon all your lambasting, Dr. Otabal is truly from God? How do you answer the God who called him? Because of this 10% that you don't even understand. If you will pay, pay. If you will not pay, keep quiet. Keep quiet. Am I talking to a church at all? Come on, not And then make sure What at all is tied? How did it begin? When you go to the Bible school, you will always be taught that the law of first mention is very important. The first time it was said. And even whether first time or second time, I am not here to preach tight from the law of Moses because we are not of Moses. So whatever you quote about Moses and tight, I am not interested because I am not from that lineage. Am I speaking to a church at all? And when I am thinking about tight and I'm talking about tight, I won't go there. Galatians chapter 3 verse number 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Verse 27. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you all are one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and hers according to the promise. Say through faith in Christ Jesus. I am a son of God. Say in Christ Jesus. There is neither male. Nor female. There is neither slave. Nor free. There is neither Jew. Nor Greek. Say we are all one creation. In Christ Jesus. Say if I am in Christ. Then the Bible says. I am a seed. Of Abraham. Oh, hallelujah. So you one person, you are being described in three ways. You can be called the son of God. You can be called the new creation in Christ. And the Bible says that if you're a new creation in Christ, it means you are the seed of Abraham. Am I here with somebody at all? So when we mention son of God, you are calling me. When you are mentioning that new creation in Christ, you are calling me. And if you mention that seed of Abraham, you are calling me. I answer to all these three. So if I am the seed of Abraham, then... What is it about Abraham's life that his seed must draw from? If I am a true seed of Abraham, then his life must reflect in my life. He said that if you are the seed of Abraham, then you are heir of his promise. It means that you are so much like him to a point that even all the promises God gave him, you are also a partaker. You are so much of Abraham. That even his promises, his blessings, you were a partaker. May you walk with the mentality of greatness. In the name of Jesus. So now you know who you are. You are the seed of Abraham. Hebrews chapter 7, verse number 1. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the king, blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. Somebody say he gave him a tithe. First, being by interpretation, king of righteousness. And after that, also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days, nor end of life, but was made 
like unto the Son of God. Somebody say, unto the Son of God. Abided a priest continually. Now, Paul is talking about another man. He says, free Paul and Sunni called And he said that this man was the king of Salem, which means that he's the king of righteousness. And Paul says that this man had no father. He had no mother. He had no descendants. He was just the king of peace. Then he met Abraham after the slaughter of the king. And the Bible says, Abraham paid tithe to this man. Praise God. But hear me. Or say, Nasa Papa we or Tisenyankopan. To Paul and so say, Papa no betina reasia Abraham decantia tithe man. Na woni papa, oni mame. Na hinia woteso no. Na Bible chirasia chese oye atini nefo ehine. Ti chese wonu amu no sokra. No one said the nikru. Oye hinia won nikru. Oye atini nefo ehine. Owe no say, Osaya sofo he was a high priest. Abraham who nepe no ti tithe man. And Paul is saying that that king was Jesus Christ. He said he was the son of God. Am I here with somebody at all? So now when you hear about Abraham, you have heard you. And when you hear about Melchizedek, you have heard Christ. Hmm. Am I still with the church at all? Look at the verse 21. For those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swore and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Verse 22. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better covenant. So he was talking about Jesus that God saw that God saw that I have made you a priest after the order of Melchizedek. That is, that is Jesus. So when the Bible says that Melchizedek appeared to represent Christ. So Abraham represented you. Melchizedek represented Christ. Can we now go to our subject of tithe? Go to Genesis chapter 14, verse number 1. And it came to pass in the days of Amphel, king of Sina, Ariok, king of Elasa, Shedolama, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of nations. Somebody say king of nations. How can you be a king of nations? We are going to build up something. So listen to me well. Can we read it? Say, Amphel, king of Sina. One. Amphel. Two, Shedoloma, Tida, king of nations. It means that the man didn't have one country. Several nations. And he was a king. Four kings. That they made war with Bera, king of Sodom. Persia, king of Gomorrah. Sinab, king of Adma. Shemeba, king of Zebuin. And the king of Bela, that is Zohar. Five kings that they made war and all these joined together in the valley of Sidim, that is the salt sea. Twelve years they served Shidolame and in thirteenth year they rebelled. In the fourteenth year, Shidolame and the kings that were with him came and attacked the Reham in Ashtaroth, Canem, the Susim in Ham, the Imim in Sheva Keriatam, and the Horais in the mountain of Seir. As far as El Paran, which is by the wilderness. Verse 7. Then they turned back and came to El Mishpat, that is Kadesh, and attacked all the country of the Amalekites and also the Amorites who dwelt in Hazazon Tamar. And the king of Sodom, the king of 
Gomorrah, the king of Admar, the king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela went out and joined together in battle in the valley of Sidem against Sidolame, king of Elam, Tidal, king of nations. Amraphel, king of Sina, and Ario, king of Elasa, four kings against five. But listen, remember that the Chidolema, that four kings, that joined together, one in their midst. Tidal was a king of nations. It means that so many nations, they are king, joined to three other kings. And they conquered the Amalekites and the Amorites, overcame all of them. It means that before they came close to fight with these five kings of Sodom, they had already conquered about nine countries. And those days when a king overcomes you, he takes everything you have, including your wives. So they have already taken about nine countries and all they have and have lodged there. And their next battle was with five other countries with Sodom and Gomorrah king of Sodom and Gomorrah part. Verse 10. Now the valley of Sidim was full of asphalt pits and the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled. Some fell there and the remainder fled to the mountains. Then they took all the goose of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their provisions. Some say provisions. And went their way. They also took Lot, Abraham's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and his goose, and departed. Then one who had escaped came and told Abraham the Hebrew, for he dwelt by the terrible trees of Mamre the Amorite, brother of Eskol, and brother of Anna, and they were allies with Abraham. See, Abraham so called three people. Obibekachi Abraham said, Abraham, Yabeti Sodom, Yabeti now when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his own house and went in pursuit as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night and he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hoba, which is north of Damascus. So he brought back all the goods. Is this realistic? Five nations against four. Among the four kings, one of them is the king of nations. Almost a reason Abraham the servants, 318. So four kings. That the five kings of Sodom, Gomorrah, and other countries couldn't attack. May you receive faith for battle. Say, may you receive faith for battle. It is not by might. 318 soldiers. Abraham said, let's go. So he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods as well as the women and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shavar. That is the king's valley after his return from the defeat of Sedolemme. And the kings who were with him, verse 18, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God's most high. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abraham of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed the God most high who had delivered you from your enemies into your hands, and he gave him a tithe 
of all. Now the king of Sodom said to Abraham, Give me the persons and take the goose for yourself. But Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the God, the God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a tread to a sandal strap, and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abraham rich. Except only what the young men have eaten. Somebody say, have eaten. What they have eaten already. And the portion of the men who went with me. Let them take their portion. Five verses four. And these four had already conquered nations. And have taken their goods and people. And they come and take everything in Sodom, Gomorrah, and two other nations. Then Abraham heard that his son Lot is in it. He gathered 318 people. Went all the way. How 318 people could defeat four dangerous kings with their armies. Nobody can explain. But God gave him victory. May God give you victory from today. God gave him victory. The Bible said that all the kings ran from him. And he brought back all the goods. Somebody say all the goods. What a blessing. Do you understand what is happening here? One man, the servants you have are just 380. You have gone to conquer five kings of nations who have taken the treasures of different nations. So in all, you are coming back with about the treasures of nine different nations. And then somebody tells you that give me the people and take all the treasures. Are you not blessed within a day? Abraham said, stand there. Let me talk to you and talk to somebody else. A man is coming back with a treasure of nine different nations. This is not somebody's bank accounts. About nine, and the man is coming back with it. Then one of the kings meet him and say, Take everything. Only Sodom has about three million people, and the treasures of three million people, you are coming back with it. With other major nations, then a king meets you and say, Take everything. Abraham says, Wait. Suddenly, a king struck a priest whose name and whose city was not mentioned from the beginning. Suddenly, the king of Salem, whose name is Melchizedek, appears in the scene. And he's coming as a king and coming as a high priest. He appears in the scene. And somewhere, somehow, Abraham stops talking to the king of Sodom and approaches the new king coming. And I don't know the eye with which Abraham saw him. But the Bible said that Abraham knew that he was a high priest, anointed of God, and he was also a king. When Jesus came, the Bible says he was the king of the Jews, and he was the high priest after the order 
of Melchizedek. So Abraham sees him, and the man is coming, and the Bible says that he pulled out bread and wine. The first thing I'll drink here. Then the Bible says Abraham took upon all the possessions, the treasures of about nine nations. Abraham left it and took the bread and the wine. And the Bible said that, and that high priest Melchizedek said, May God, the Most High, the possessor of the heavens and of the earth, bless Abraham. He took the bread and wine, gave it to him. And the next thing, may the God most high, the possessor of the heavens and of the earth, bless Abraham. Abraham was standing there still. Then the next thing he did was that he turned to the treasures of nine nations and told these 318 servants, divide these treasures into ten. And the king of Sodom was waiting. He said, wait, divide it to ten. They divided the treasures to ten. I don't know how Melchizedek managed to carry them home, but they divided it to ten. Then he took one tenth and said, you have given me bread and wine. You have blessed me. And you said that the most high, the possessor of the heavens and of the earth, gave me this victory over the kings. If he gave it to me, then I give you back as the high priest of that God, I give you back one tenth for what you have given me, that bread and wine and the blessing. So he gave him the one tenth. In honor of the bread and wine. The Bible makes us to understand that when Jesus sat on the table, the one who is being made a high priest after the order of Melchizedek, Bible says when he sat on the table at the last supper, he took the bread and broke it and blessed. He took the bread and said, this is my body. Then he took the wine and said, this is my blood. And he blessed it and said, take drink. If Jesus is in the order of Melchizedek and he delivered bread and blessing and we are of the seed of Abraham and Abraham responded with the bread and wine with his tithe. If we also are the seed and Jesus has given us the bread and wine, how do we also respond? If Abraham was also there. The same thing Melchizedek, who Jesus is in his order, gave to Abraham. The interesting thing is that Melchizedek didn't even say, this is my body. He didn't even say, this is my blood. He just said, Abraham, take it. God bless you. But for us, our Lord of Lords, King of Kings, King of Peace, Prince, of the most high lifted up the bread and said this is my body this is my blood he blessed and said take it somebody received a bread that was nobody somebody received a wine that was not blood he gave one tenth of nine nations treasures without thinking about it without saying it was too big without saying it was more than enough without saying that who is this high priest he and you are still fighting over your 10 CD tithe. Somebody took one tenth of the treasures of nine nations in response and in honor of bread and wine. Then we, Jesus, came in the reality of Melchizedek. We came in the reality of Abraham. And we are still fighting of honoring the sacrifice of Christ with our little currency of Ghana City. Am I speaking somebody at all? The Bible says, Hebrews chapter 7 says that he had no father, he had no mother, he had no 
descendants. If he has no descendants, it means he has no nation. Melchizedek had nothing. The Bible says that he was like the son of God. And Abraham gave him treasures of uh, one-tenth of the treasures of nine nations. He didn't know him as a pastor. He has never met him before. He has never been to his church before. He has never done anything before. He gave it to him. And you are asking before you give me your tithe. You are asking me who laid hands on you? Who anointed you? Which Bible school did you go? When somebody was giving one-tenth of nine nations treasures without asking questions. Without asking questions. Nobody knew where he appeared from. Abraham said, I don't care where you are coming from. I don't care the location of your church, Melchizedek. You have done something that I must respond. That bread and wine you gave me, I know the mystery. Some thousands of years to come, my seeds, my children are going to meet the real Melchizedek. And he's going to give them the real bread and give them the real wine. And I must pay tithes. Even before my real children come out. And today, the little tithe people pay. And even those who don't pay are busily insulted. And you come back and say, I'm the seed of Abraham. And Abraham looks from heaven and looks at you and says, who is this calling me by my name? Who is this one trying to associate himself to me? Who, who are you? Do you have honor at all for the blood and for the bread? Listen, we don't give tithe so that we will be blessed. We are blessed through the sacrifice of the body and the blood. So out of the blessing we give the tithe. Am I here with somebody at all? That is why you don't tithe on what you have not received. You tithe on what you have received. The high priest met Abraham and said, the victory you just had, it is the God most had that gave you this victory. And Abraham said, if so, then I must give one tenth to that God. If he gave it to me, then one tenth must go back to him. And eventually, what you have given me, I must honor it. The bread and the wine. What must you know about this thing called tithe? We give it in honor of the communion. Any Christian who this communion must return and respond to it with the one-tenth of what the blood, the victory that the blood and the body has given you. Am I still teaching a church at all? You must pay the tithe in response to that. Tithe is by revelation. If Abraham was not walking in revelation, he wouldn't have known who Melchizedek is. Because Melchizedek didn't introduce himself. He didn't. Abraham just gave. Boom. The moment he gave one-tenth of the churches of Sodom and Gomorrah, and then other nations gave one tenth. The king also came and said, take the rest. Take the rest. Then Abraham looks at him. Go to the verse 22 or so. And Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord. God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth. Wait, this statement, this accolation, I thought it was Melchizedek that gave. When Melchizedek was blessing Abraham, he said that God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, will bless Abraham. Now, Sodom and Gomorrah's king comes and said, take our possession. He said that I have raised my hands to the God most high, the possessor of the... It means that the God that Melchizedek called on him to bless me. Whilst Melchizedek was praying for me, I raised my... <laughs> or see, I have raised my hands to receive a blessing from a certain God. And I told him that I will give one tenth to him. The rest, I'll bring it to you. I won't touch 
23. That I will take nothing from trade to sandal strap and that I will not take anything that is yours. It means that whilst Melchizedek was blessing Abraham, Abraham lifted up his hands. And whilst his hands were lifted, he was pledging to God with this blessing that is being said on me in response to the tithe. I don't think I need this treasure. These treasures are too small. With this blessing that is about to come upon me through this one-tenth I have given, I think I must carry the other nine to them so that my blessings can be clear. I have lifted up my hands to the God most high, the possessor, that I won't take anything again. I'm bringing everything to you. It's not mine. Because his high priest said he will bless me. May you walk in a dimension of faith. Whenever you are giving tight, wait for the blessing. Look at the blessing. See the blessing. What are the blessings Jesus blessed when he was giving the bread and wine? He said that anyone who eats of me will never be hungry again. Look at that blessing. Anyone who drink of me will never be thirsty again. Look at that. He said that I am the bread of life. Anyone who eats of me shall have eternal life. Look at that blessing. Am I speaking to somebody at all? Whenever you are giving your tithe, be looking at the blessings Melchizedek has pronounced. I cannot give tithe and not walk into the blessings attached to the bread and wine. Some of you give tithe and you are waiting for 10% blessing. What a low transaction. Percentage needs sir. Woman tithe. We see me ma 10% tithe. I ready for me 100%. I ready for me 100% bro. I ready for me 100% bro. Abraham see. Can you imagine the treasures of nine countries? It means that you will say you made Abraham rich. It means that in the eyes, after he ate the bread and wine and his eyes opened, the treasures became small compared to the blessings God has attached to his time. Said, I've lifted up my hands so I won't touch anything that belongs. So that if I become rich, you will say that I have made Abraham rich. It means that the riches Abraham was looking for was not the bank of Sodom and bank of Gomorrah and bank of the five kings and the banks of the other. That money was too small. And yet the bank of Ghana more be where we go to 24. Except only what the young men have eaten. And the portion of the men who went with me, Anna, Eskol, and Mamre, let them take their portion. Look at low-minded people. You have gone for war with Abraham. You have possessed goods. Were you tight? Three people need and they all went to take their portion. And Abraham was watching them. When he was eating the bread and wine, they were not there. So they didn't catch the revelation. From today, may you catch the revelation. Oh, may you catch the revelation of the blessing of the bread and wine. Go to chapter 15, verse 1. After these things, somebody say these things. After what things? Pay tight, eat communion, receive blessing, give back the portions of the nations. After these things, when those who were blinded took their portion, after these things that Abraham said, as for me, I've lifted my hands, I've eaten communion and lifted my hands to the God most high, the possessor of the heaven of the earth. After these things, the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield. Hey. Do 
Don't be afraid. I am your shield. I am your protection. Ah, why? Me who combination? Me free war aba. Me the nipa three hundred and eighteen. I could hear him for deadly force. Ah, but I could cry the a hini of nation. Me nimse victory aba me niage me tia tight. Bibi ekoye. Obaya si ensro me yewo bam before. Do you know what it means? It means that after Sodom's king took everything back and everybody dispersed. And even Melchizedek left. Abraham became afraid. What if the other four kings locate me and attack me? What if Makoya Yesema Koji Sodom Fuari? Then God appears in a vision and didn't say that I will send an angel. He didn't say that there is a pillar of cloud over you. He didn't say that I have covered you with a seal. He didn't say I've covered you with a cloud. He came and said that I am your shield. What do we use a shield for? Say arrow ever. What the shield energy? In other words, Abraham, from today, any arrow that comes to you will have to pierce my own body. I am. I've not given you a shield. I am. People are not catching it this morning. Abraham, you cannot do this thing. You. You cannot honor the bread and wine this way. You cannot give such a tight and not be protected. I will not just put you under my shadow. I am bringing myself to cover you. Clap your hands and say, he's myself, he's myself, he's myself. I am your soul. In other words, any bullet that comes must pierce me, not you. Abraham, fear not, sleep. You have killed them for free. You have killed them for free. For the tithe you paid, you have killed them for free. Don't fear. Look at this. I am your shield. Your exceedingly great reward. Again, I am your exceedingly, not exceedingly, exceedingly great reward. I am. And I was tempted to find out the other Hebrew transliteration of the reward there. It means that I am your exceeding great salary. I am your exceedingly great wages. Earnings. Why? Because you pay tight. And instead of you to take back the treasures, you believed in the blessings attached to tight. You let go of the rest. And from today, I am your currency. Buy everything with me. Whatever you want, by me, you will get it. Whatever you need, by me, you will get it. If people are looking for currency, Abraham, from today, I am your currency. I am your currency. Why? Because you have given one tenth. I pray for somebody here. May you walk in this order of blessing. May you walk in this order of blessing. May you walk in this order of blessing. I am your exceedingly great salary. It means that Abraham, don't think you made a mistake for your other three friends to carry the treasures. Let them carry from there. With all you have done, I am the salary. Take me. God gave himself to Abraham. How can God tell you that? For God to say this two things, it means that after everything happened, Abraham nearly fell into the pit. Some of us are falling. Number one, he feared. Number two, he thought he has run at a loss. Aye. Abraham to us, I say, yeah, because Bible says that three brothers or the three friends he had were with him around Mamre. So suddenly, their children began to wear good clothes. Why? Because of the treasures. 
Suddenly, they got new donkeys because of the treasures. Suddenly, they got money, silver, gold because of the treasures. And Abraham was thinking, did I make a mistake? I should have taken the rest. Then God comes back after these things. God comes back and says, Abraham, make no worry. Let them use that overused donkeys. Let them manage those dirty gold. That overused clothes and chest. Let them handle it. I am giving you a salary. I've been thinking after those times. I'm not getting anything to give you. Abraham, I've come. Take me salary. Take me salary. I am your exceedingly great reward. Do you know what it means to pay tight? Do you know what it means? If you are the seed of Abraham, then anytime you honor the communion with your tithe, honor the bread and wine with your tithe, and key into the blessing, one of the blessings is that you enjoy automatic protection from God. Automatic protection. I am your sealed. Amplified blessing. Ekaha in a very interesting way. Give me amplified blessing. After this, is the word of the Lord came to Abraham. In a vision, say, fear not, Abraham, I'm your shield, your abundant compensation, and your reward shall be exceedingly great. He says that because of your obedience, I have become your abundance. Take me, use me. Take me and use me, Abraham. You know the problem? If you don't tie by revelation, you don't even know how to key into the blessings. Anytime you drop your tithe, you can use God. Because he has become your salary, your great reward. Lift up hands and say, my father, I thank you that you are my shield and my great reward. Say, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Open to Genesis chapter 18, verse number 28. Are you not shocked that it was only the king of Sodom that came to Abraham and said, take our staff, take our properties, take. Hear me. The tithe Abraham paid, he didn't pay from his properties. Are you getting me here? He paid it from the spoil he had. From the nine nations, he paid it. So almost every nation he took their property has paid tithe. Almost every nation who had a part in the goods he took has paid tithe. So when he took one tenth out of everything and gave it to Melchizedek, Sodom paid tithe, Elam paid tithe, Gomorrah paid tithe. Every nation whose treasure was in there paid tithe. So one of the nations became very stubborn and God wanted to go and destroy that nation. And God didn't go to anyone but Abraham. And what's Abraham and said, Sodom is messing now. I want to go there and fire them. Then suddenly, Abraham gets the power to discuss and bargain with God. Why? Because I paid tight for them. Suppose there were five less than the 50 righteous. Will you destroy all the city for the lack of five? So he said, if I find there 45, I will not destroy it. And he spoke to him yet. And he spoke to him yet again and said, suppose there should be 40 found there so he said i will not do it for the sake of 40. then he said let not the lord be angry and i will speak suppose 30 should be found there so he said i will not do it if i find 30 there and he said indeed now i have taken it upon myself to speak to the lord suppose 20 should be found there 
So he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 20. But gain. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry. I will speak. But once more, suppose 10 should be found there. He said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 10. So the Lord went his way as soon as he has finished speaking with Abraham. From 50, 45, 40, 30, 20, 10. The moment Abraham got to 10, the Bible said, and the Lord walked away. Why? Because you pay 10%. It paid 10%. I cannot go below that. If I had done 20 people, it means that you have cheated me. If I have done, oh, am I here with somebody at all? If I have done more than that, you pay 10% and it must be left there. If I can get just 10, because it's 10%. Because it's 10%. Because 20%. But 10 there, a normal, equal, equal. The Bible says, the moment 10, he went his way. In other words, don't try to say five. Don't try to say five. Why? Because when you were paying the one-tenth, you took the bread and wine, but you used their money. So if they have angered me, only you can stand to talk. But don't try to do below the tithes. And by chapter 9, even with all this, the Bible said, there were three men that came to Abraham. Then the middle one was like the son of God. So the middle one was talking. You see the way the Bible puts it? The middle one was like the son of God. Melchizedek was like the son of God. So maybe the middle one was the same Melchizedek that he paid tithe to. And he came and said, let's begin. Then the Bible said, two angels were sent to Sodom. You see the way everybody is saying to go and destroy. They didn't go and destroy. Let me show you something. In Mark chapter 6, verse number 7. And he called the 12 to himself and began to send them out two by two. Somebody say what? Oh, say it better. Two by two. And gave them power over unclean spirits. He commanded them to take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bag, no bread, no copper in money belts. But to wear sandals. And not to put on two tunics. Also he said to them, in whatever place you enter a house, stay there till you depart from that place. And whoever will not receive you, nor hear you when you depart from there, shake off the dust under your feet as a testimony against them. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the judgment day than for that city. Why did Jesus compare it to Sodom and Gomorrah? He tells them, to, to go and preach, heal the sick, cast out devil, go and save souls. Then he tells them, any city that will reject two of you when you enter, Sodom and Gomorrah will be better than that city. How many angels enter Sodom and Gomorrah? And if Jesus is saying that, I'm sending two of you there to run this job for me, and if they don't listen to you, it means that they didn't listen to the angels. If they don't listen to you, their distraction will be higher than Sodom and Gomorrah. It means that the angels went on a purpose not to destroy but to have preached and saved 10 people because 
the negotiation was if we can get 10 righteous people, the whole nation will be saved. And two angels go there. And now Jesus is comparing the two disciples that are going to preach for the salvation of souls. Jesus is comparing it to the angels. And he's saying that, go and do the same thing the angels did. If they reject you as they rejected the angels, then they will be in higher trouble than Sodom and Gomorrah. Let me chip this in. It means that the mandate and authority we use to evangelize is higher than that of the angels. If such a God has sent me to you and you reject me, your case is higher than Sodom that rejected the angels. These are more powerful. Hear me with us. Jesus says, if you go to by two, it means that when they reject you, shake off your dust. Their problem and their trouble will be higher than that of Sodom and Gomorrah. That clearly states that the angels didn't go to destroy. They went with the same purpose to save. How many people? Ten. Because the negotiation ended with ten. If we can get ten righteous people, the whole nation will be saved. Then God said, I'm sending two angels. If God sent ten, Jesus would have sent ten. If God sent five, Jesus would have sent five. Because God sent two, Jesus also sent two, two, two the different city and he said two go there gather just five people tell them to stop masturbation tell them to stop homosexuality tell them to stop stealing tell them to stop drinking alcohol tell them to stop drinking all kinds of things tell them to stop murder evil if ten people agree so don't be saved most of us for many years have thought that the angel went there in the night and by morning Left. How many people be true? You are in the presence of God. If I for a GD set above for any Kohana, a dear chin, no much lot to Mokoi. How many of us to a more man page on Bakumetri where it is? Hallelujah. Listen to me very well. In Genesis chapter 19, when the angels entered the streets, the people began to attack them. Look at the six. Let's read from verse 6. So Lot went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind him. Lot in him, and said, Please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. Verse 8. See now, I have two daughters who have not known a man. Somebody say, I have not known a man. Oh, I have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you, and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my root. Verse 9. And they said, stand back. Then they said, this one came in to stay here, and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the man, Lot, and came near to break down the door. Verse 10. But the men reached out their hands and pulled Lot, that's the angels, pulled Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they became weary trying to find the door. May God blind your enemies. Then the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here? Son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and whomever you have in the city, take them out of this place. For we will destroy this place, because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to the sons-in-law who had married his daughters and said, Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But to his sons-in-law, he seemed to be joking. I thought he said in the evening that he has two daughters who have never slept with a man. So what are sons-in-law doing here? One verse. About three verses from there. And Lord went to meet his sons-in-law who are married. 
his daughter. So did the marriage happen in that night? Our <laughs> No. Verse 15. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lord to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed. It means that when the angels went to the city, as at the time they went there to start their work, the daughters of Lot were still virgins. They were not married. But God, to open our minds to know the reality of what we didn't see. He chipped in some of these things and only the Holy Spirit will unlock it to you. So after some time, it means that the angels didn't stay there for one night. They stayed there for months. To a point that even their daughters got married. And even if they took 12 months or one year, it means that they couldn't use one year to convert 10 people in Sodom. It means that for months when they came, the daughters were not married. When they were living, they were married. Yet, they couldn't get 10 souls. Do you know why angels respect us? If they realize that we are more than 100 years, they remember their time in Lot. So no. When God gave them about two years, they couldn't win 10 souls. <laughs> God gave, God gave them about two years. The people couldn't get there. They, now they said, God has sent us to destroy this place. We will destroy it. We will frustration and setting. Clap your hands for Jesus, who has given you the grace to win souls. Why? Because they have dared. The agenda was to win 10. And for months, they couldn't. Rather, the people wanted to win them. They wanted to sleep with them. <laughs> hey! The people were rather fighting to sleep with them. We have come to win you from homosexuality. You are rather winning us. The angels told themselves, we don't go. This place is not safe for us. We might lose our atabai. <laughs> they ran and that was it. Am I here with the church? Why did God have to go through all this? try to save them by even sending angels to go and preach to them. Yet, it didn't work. He didn't get the ten. But he still saved somebody. Why? Because that person was a blood relation to the one who took the tithe and gave. He said, Lord, you and your family, because of Abraham, I must save you. Because for you, it was your uncle that gave it. So whether your wife is righteous or your daughters are not righteous or your wife is not righteous, we must carry you away. Took all of them, moved, but his wife was too unrighteous to be saved. Turned back and became a salt. But look at this. But don't insult the revelation and mystery of tithe. Don't insult it. It is too dangerous. It's too deadly. Anytime we mention tithe, it is in connection to communion. And it makes it too sacred and dangerous to be mishandled. Many people have handled tithe with care. And they have ripped it like Abraham ripped. Many people have mishandled it. And they have been destroyed like Sodom. It's up to you. I won't tell you that they tithe to be 
blessing. No, tithe is out of your blessing. You are mandated to walk in blessing if you eat the communion. And out of it, you must bring a tithe. And through that, God becomes your own reward. There are things that you don't pray for if you are walking in the revelation of God's word. Abraham was afraid of nothing because the day he paid the tithe, God became sure. And he was afraid. The kings might come and attack. Protection that is God. Can you imagine? Did that dwell in the secret place of the Most High? Shall abide under His. That was the Old Testament. The New Testament. If a man be in Christ, he's a new creation. If a man be in inside, for our lives are hid with Christ in God. I challenge somebody today. May your eyes be open to this secrecy of tithe. May you not join the hidden, the spiritually uncircumcised, the people who have given no honor to God, the people who value not the blood of Christ and the body of Christ, the people who see no need of the blessing of this kingdom. May you not join them to make thank what God has made great. Don't join them. There is a war against Titan. Abraham gave it willingly. Hear me. To operate in this dimension. It's not about you knowing the church is putting record. It's about giving it by revelation. And knowing that you have lifted up your hands to a blessing that must manifest. By chapter 15, God told Abraham, the same chapter 15, he told Abraham, if you can count the stars in the air, you can count your children. He said that this land that you are standing on, I have given it to you. After he finished paying tithe, God was just giving promise. I said, this land you are sitting on right now, Abraham, I've given it to you. How can you tell somebody, count stars, that is the number of count. This man is confused. He is more than ready to bless. Didn't the church survive? When she are tightened, I saw it now survive. Don't we buy our electricity? Don't we buy the fuel in the buses? We have even moved to feed people every Sunday morning. Don't we pay school fees? Don't we give people capitals? We will give. It's not your tithe. There is a blessing upon our lives. If you pay your tithe, that blessing transfer to you. We are in the office of the high priest. We are serving for him. The high priest Jesus. We are serving for him. We have all kinds of people. One thing I cannot stand in life is when I see somebody insulting an anointed man. I can't stand. And the enemy has set a stage for Christians. And we are fighting over nothing. And Moses' law. And Moses said this. This tithe is not about Moses. The, the tithe was given way before Moses was born. When Abraham, our grandfather, gave tithes, it is in chapter 15 of Genesis that God even thought of Moses. I see, your descendants will be slaves in a land for 400 years. It was after that God even began thinking of Moses. And I'll deliver them and they'll come to this same land. So if we are talking about tithes, don't take me to them. I'm starting from here. Where I am his seed. I am Abraham's seed. I'm in Christ Jesus. I am one with everybody in Christ Jesus. I'm a son of God and I'm a seed of Abraham. And if he paid tithe in honor of the communion, I will also pay tithe. I choose to pay tithe. Can you imagine that if Melchizedek came and Abraham didn't give him the tithe, what happens? Everything opposite what happened after verse 14 would have happened. When we are talking about honoring God with one it is a special thing. You cannot spend and after that remember tight. Where this you can read and say, what I say, hey, tight. And I say, a buyer wedding tomorrow. She can't remember. Obisha will pop. And I'll do tomorrow. 
You don't even understand the mysteries of the kingdom. You didn't remember the Melchizedek of your time. That is Jesus Christ who shed his body and his blood and he has left his church behind that the seed of Abraham should also pay tithe to. You didn't remember. You would spend the money before the promise even began to happen. And now above us, I'm suffering from promise and fail. You don't know what you are doing. Every morning, whether it came in the night at 12 a.m., at 1 a.m., at when the moment Sinkanimek comes, my face is tight. Before we talk of anything, before we talk of anything tight, Yeshua Grace Mountain, I say, three months now offering call. Let me feel tight 100%. Three months now offering call as tight to other churches. And I was running the church for my pocket. Three months, every offering goes to another church. Every offering goes to another church. And I tell God, I knew that I tell God, this is 100% tight. I give. Let all expenses be on me. But I give this. So if after three years, you see auditorium, why don't you understand? Listen, I was there one day when somebody else in Europe, one country in Europe, she said, Pastor, me sending me tight by Grace Mountain. It means that me to tight 20%. Or see, we hear Juma. Before our salary, we have a government needed 10% tight at the Chichema churches. And we are in Ghana criticizing. When a government deducts you tight, well, on your documents in the nation, if you, are, you say you are a Christian, then we take you tight from your salary. We take you tight from so everybody who is a Christian, you must be part of a religion. So if you say you are Muslim, fine, it must be it must show. But if you are a Christian, it means that the government must take ten. So so what Asophobia, me, 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 power preacher, actually, when you are tight, okay, my didi. The other one about sorry, this government better too straight. Farmer me, who prefer government to the bar? Me say the amount. Brakeke, brana mintanya me ase monchero. So open the bag, me say the amount. Babra, mintanya me ase monchero. And if such nations are prospering and we are struggling, we don't understand. Such nations, we say they don't know God, still taking tight and supporting churches. Africa say we must touch, we must tax the churches. When people are taking tithes from people, giving it to the church, we are now finding ways and means. Do not take from the church. May your eyes be open. May you know the mystery of this tithe and may you walk in the blessedness of it in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Pastor Elvis Ajeman. Pastor Elvis is a dynamic teacher of the Word of God. He is an author, a passionate preacher of God's Word with a desire of transforming lives in the power of the Spirit. His ministry is characterized by a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost with accompanying signs, 
wonders and uncommon miracles. He's the head pastor of Grace Mountain Ministry, located at Seven Days Junction, off the Achimota of Ankor Barrier, Accra. You can follow the ministry of Pastor Elvis Ajiman on any of his social media handles at Pastor Ajiman Elvis or Grace Mountain Ministries. Or you can call us on 0552 504 085 or 0548 003 360. God richly bless you.